0: What's up, everybody? This is Trey Biddy with Hogsports.com, H-A-W-G-Sports.com. It's time for your Arkansas versus Western Carolina primer, finally. We're going to talk to Curtis Wilkerson, take a deep dive into some burning questions with this game. We're going to talk about the offense versus defense matchup on both sides of the ball, and we'll talk a little bit about basketball as well. All that and more on today's episode of Hogsports Live. Hey, I want to mention real quick to everybody you can get Hog Sports right now for half price. That's 50% off, obviously. Uh, if you're interested in signing up at Hog Sports, then it breaks down to just $1.03 a week, $4.48 a month, and build it just $53.70 for the entire year. There's no promo code for the offer. Just go to Hogsports, H-A-W-G-Sports.com, part of the 24-7 Sports Network, and you'll see the banner ad right there. You can click on it, and you will get the offer. You have to be a new subscriber to sign up. This offer ends on September 5th at 10.59 p.m. Central Standard oops, Central Daylight Time, actually. All right. Let's get this off of here. Final Arkansas injury report. Obviously, we know Quincy McAdoo's out for the season. Uh, Sam Bakke's out for the season. McAdoo had the car accident. Uh, Bakke had the knee injury, uh, suffering uh, an ACL injury. Uh, Well, they didn't specifically say that, but that's the kind of injury that keeps you out for the whole year. Uh, Let's see, Brady Latham still, you know, We don't know 100% if he's going to be in there. I'm kind of leaning towards not seeing Brady Latham in this opener. We know Devon Manuel has missed a good bit of time. And Harris has missed some time as well. You know, expecting Andrew Chamblee to get the start there, but I think Devon Manuel will also play a good bit. Jashad Stewart's got a heel issue, about 70%. You know, regardless of the opponent, Pittman said they probably wouldn't play. Jashad Stewart, Malik Chavis has a finger, broken finger, so not expecting him. Um to see action do think we'll see Jaden Wilson do think we'll see Antonio Greer I think that's pretty much it isn't it as far as injuries go I don't think I'm missing anybody so that's kind of the final injury report if you don't see somebody out there that's that's why it's always interesting with freshmen. I think whether they're going to play in the game or not. Nowadays, it's more and more rare to see freshmen. But I did ask Sam Pittman about this on Wednesday, and he actually, you know, had a few surprises here and there. Uh, you know, I think it's there's a possibility for Malachi Singleton. You know, they're going to definitely try to redshirt him, but you never know how the game goes. And then maybe they find an opportunity to get him a little bit of action. Obviously, I think getting Jacoby Criswell a good bit of action uh, is the priority after getting a comfortable lead with KJ Jefferson. Isaiah Augusta is another guy to keep an eye on, but they're pretty deep at running back. Davion Dozier and Dasmond Jones seems like both of those guys could possibly get some action here and there at wide receiver. Now, we know we're going to see Jalen Braxton. He's you know one of the second team cornerbacks. We'll know we know we'll see him. TJ Metcalf on the depth chart that was released, he was actually listed as the backup at nickel slash hog. So we're gonna see him. We're definitely gonna see Brad Spence. And, you know, you may not see these guys just a whole lot in the opener. I think you'll see them. But, you know, throughout the season, more and more definitely uh, is a possibility. They really like Brad Spence and how he's come on. Alex Sanford is another guy you'll see, probably primarily on special teams. But Spence, you're going to see him actually play meaningful minutes for them. They're really happy with his progression at linebacker. Uh, Sam Pittman said over and over, Quincy Rhodes is just a special talent. I think he's listed at 6'6", 289 right now. So that's saying a lot for Quincy Rose and Ian Drafrode, 6'5", 394. I mean, if you go see Ian Drafrode out there, you're like, how are they going to keep this guy off the field? He's so huge, like goal line situation and situations like that. But I think it says a lot about those two guys. as true freshmen when we're talking about a defensive line that features nine seniors, eight seniors because Josh Stewart's going to be out for this one, but features so many seniors and – These guys are freshmen. I mean, that just kind of tells you about, as Sam Pittman said, you know, how well they hit on those guys. So, you know, obviously we're going to see Lucas. Lucas is going to start. There hasn't been a lot of true freshmen start their opening game at Arkansas. I don't remember if Traylon Burke started the opening game, but I feel like he might have. I know Ty Clary started the opening game, which was pretty unique because he was a blue shirt, wasn't even on scholarship when he initially arrived at Arkansas, but they uh, went with the decision to start him. I believe he started at right guard. So – it's pretty rare to see a true freshman, and out of all these guys, the only guy that's going to start as a true freshman is going to be Lucas, unless they come out in some different situation other than, you know, the personnel groupings they've been using pretty much, which is mostly eleven personnel. But we've seen twenty-one personnel, twenty-two person, or not twenty-two, but twelve personnel. Uh, we've seen those groupings also. Okay the game for those of you wondering about the game I, I put a video up on YouTube but I'll just explain it to you real quick on how to watch some of the use some of you guys are confused out there I understand um, you know not everybody's 20 years old and knows how to you know how the things work but uh, so if you need to if you're confused on on how to access the game it's on SEC network plus and ESPN plus it's listed as both of those if you get SEC network on your regular channel guide whether you're using you know a cable service or you know uh, a satellite service or you know YouTube TV or Hulu or something like that, if you get it on your regular channel guide, SEC network then you don't have to pay for anything extra. You're going to get it on SEC network plus what you need to do you need to either go to the ESPN website, on your computer or on your phone. Uh, you can use the ESPN app on your phone also. Uh, you can use a streaming device or you can use a smart TV. I use an Apple TV preferably. That's my that's my preference anyway. Um, but you can use a lot of different devices, but you just need to be able to get to the ESPN app. Once you get to the ESPN app, you go to browse at the top right. You scroll down to channels. Okay, You go to SEC Network Plus. It's right next to SEC Network, but you go to SEC Network Plus, and then you'll see it on Saturday. It'll be up at the top on Up and Coming. You know, you might have to scroll to the right a little bit, but it'll be there. You can also, if you have ESPN Plus subscription, you can access it that way, you know, but as long as you have it on your regular channel guide, you shouldn't have any problem accessing the game, okay? You just need to get to the ESPN app or go to the website. You may have to log in with your credentials, you know, from your, you know, just to verify that you pay for cable or, you know, pay for YouTube TV or, um, you know, pay for satellite or something like that. But as long as you get SEC network, you're going to be fine. And a lot of you, you know, streaming stuff, you need to have good internet, you know, and to me the best internet to have out there is with Ozarks Go. Ozarks Go, let me bring up the graphic here. Where are you at, Ozarks Go? There we go. Ozarks Go is a service that I've had for over two years now, even before they reached out to me about advertising, uh, which I wouldn't do unless I really felt comfortable with the company. Uh, I felt excited about that because I'm able to come on here and say I've never had an outage, never, never had an unexpected outage. Uh, they've worked 100% of the time. They offer several different tiers of internet speed. I have used gigabit service for years. It's been fantastic. Recently, I had multi-bit installed, which is, 2,500 megabits per second, which is lightning fast. Gigabit is fine for most people. If you got a lot of people on devices, it's going to just optimize everything. Even if your, your equipment is graded for a thousand megabits per second, it's going to optimize all that stuff. So like, you know, you got a family doing all kinds of different things. Uh, The multi-bit is a really good deal. They're not going to rope you in with some low price and then jack you up next year. It's going to be the same price this year as it's going to be next year. It's a local company. If you want to call them at 479-684-4900, then you're going to talk to somebody local who may want to talk about the Razorbacks with you. Ozarksgo.net slash hog. H-A-W-G is how you can access them online to find out if they're available in your area. They are expanding out in Rogers and stuff now. So great service. Um, Trey Bitty stamp of approval. Nice people that, that you work with. Um, so go check us out at OzarksGo.net slash HAWG. The game is still looking at the Bet Saracen app, is still 34 and a half. It has not moved. I mean, I've been looking at it for like over a month, and it hasn't moved a lot at all. So I guess it's pretty even betting on both sides. But right now, on the Saracen app, it is thirty-four and a half. Quick hit, catamount offense. Now, I think it's interesting that Arkansas has spent a lot of time doing their two-on-two slot cover drill, which is where they throw the ball to one side of the field, and you know they've got three receivers, three defensive backs. And a lot of the work is working on screens, bubble screens. You're going to see a lot of bubble screens uh, from the Catamount offense. Kerwin Bell's a former quarterback, played at Florida back in the mid-late 80s, played with Emmitt Smith, was a seventh-round NFL draft pick. You know, he likes to go out and get guys that are first explosive, and then he'll worry about their size. He's not worried about going out and getting 6'2 receivers when he can go out and get 5'8 receivers who are super fast and electric. Now, don't let that fool you. There is this guy that's 6'4", 200 pounds at wide receiver. But uh, they're pretty shifty overall. They're going to throw a lot of bubble screens, intermediate passes. You'll see some uh, deep patterns. I did see Arkansas working on, you know, just the relationship of the safety and corner uh, when when they're running post patterns and stuff like that. So they are expecting them to do that. Kerwin Bell said they're not going to be conservative at all. They're going to come out and try to win. They're going to try to put pressure on Arkansas and – he kind of said, "I don't care if I if we win or lose. He called him a bunch of misfit toys. <laughs> also, uh, just looking at a couple of their guys. Now their offensive line is actually pretty good size, pretty good size for, uh, front, and he feels like he has three NFL players on the offensive line, okay, both tackles. So he's got senior left tackle Tyler Smith, 6'8", 3'10". Senior left guard Christian Coulter, 6'5", 320". And junior right tackle Derek Simmons, 6'6", 3'15". I don't believe Simmons played last year. I think he transferred from Abilene Christian. They also returned their center. So this could be, you know, a good matchup, especially at the tackle spots for Arkansas's defensive ends, uh, you know, coming out of the gate. I don't mean to say, like, it should be a good matchup. I'm just saying, like, it's a good opening, you know. It's surprising that an FCS team would have a 6'8 tackle and a 6'6 tackle, Right. You know, their skill guys are generally going to be smaller, but pretty big, pretty big up front. Obviously, we're thinking Arkansas's defensive line is going to be a, a team strength. Carlos Davis uh, was the quarterback last year. He started started out last year, got hurt. He's actually transferred to UMass, and Cole Gonzalez, who was a true freshman last year, took over for him. Lost his first start, then won his last three starts. 102 of 161 passing for 1,336 yards, 11 touchdowns, seven interceptions. He can also run a little bit. 43 carries for 147 yards. So he's three and zero his last three games as a starter. Uh, obviously. Again, you know, you would expect Arkansas to win this game, but we'll talk about that a little bit because sometimes they have not shown up very well. Sometimes they haven't gotten off to very fast starts. But uh, that's kind of the situation there. Arkansas obviously has changed things dramatically in the secondary, coming off the worst pass defense in the country. And this is an offense. Again, you would expect Arkansas to handle them, but they did set a record last year for total yards, like 5,300 yards last year of offense. They had their best record since 2017 at 6 and 5. You mean you have to go back to 1983 before they had a really remarkable year. They finished runner-up national championships on the Division 2 level, Division 1AA level. And then uh, I think 84 was the last time they won more than 7 games. So 6 and 5 for them is not unnotable, I guess. Members of the Southern Conference Arkansas play has played other teams from the Southern Conference that have played them actually pretty well, including the Citadel back in 1992, which knocked Arkansas off in the worst loss in program history. See Raphael Williams left the program. He was their their you know big time guy at wide receiver. He's now at San Diego State. Censor Lee, 36 catches for 634 yards with six touchdowns last year as a true freshman. 27 of those catches, 488 of those yards, and four of those touchdowns came in the final five games. So he really started surging there at the end. David White, Jr. caught 20 passes, 384 yards, 6'4", 200 pounds. So not all small at wide receiver. A.J. Bellinger at tight end, 6'3", 245, another quality player for them. Like when you talk about who are these guys' best players, they've got some skill guys. But really, you know, those tackles and the, the tight end. So that could be good work for Arkansas's defensive ends. Get some good, challenging work early. Hopefully not too challenging. Desmond, Desmond Reed is an interesting guy because at running back, he's 5'8", 170 pounds, ran 119 times for 826 yards, four touchdowns last season in 10 games. Okay, several Power Five programs were after him as a recruit. He's actually, you know, ranked a ranked prospect in our database as a three star recruit. But several programs were after him. Um, he ran for fifteen hundred thirty six yards, twenty two touchdowns high school his senior year. But when they came down and saw him, you know, they see five, seven, five, eight, 160 pounds, hundred seventy pounds, and you know they drop him. He did reportedly run a 40 yard dash at a Florida football camp. Also also returned two kickoffs for touchdowns in high school. So they've got some explosive guys. They may not be big. You know, I think that makes a lot of sense for Corwin Bell. Why go out and get a guy who just looks good and has good size? But, you know, if a guy is really talented and has good size, he's playing power five football, right? So it makes sense to go after guys who are, you know, maybe just not quite as big but very explosive and then worry about getting bigger guys on the offensive line, which they have done. I would expect Western Carolina just looking at, you know, what they had last year, talking with Kerwin Bell a little bit, and what they have coming back, I think that they're probably gonna improve on six and five this year. I really think that they have a you know, probably have a chance to be a pretty solid team on the power five level. So shouldn't compete in this game, obviously. Arkansas obviously looking to start fast, you know, on the other side of the ball. Uh Andrew Ellis had a nice article just breaking this down during the 12 regular season games last year, the Hogs scored only one on one time on their first possession. It was a touchdown in week two against South Carolina. They finished in the top 15 nationally in total offense per game it's like 471 yards a game. Uh, but getting slow starts could getting slow starts corrected could take the group to another level. That's from Andrew Ellis. you can read his article at hogsports.com again, off right now at hawgsports.com. But I think that's an interesting note. Can Arkansas just come out of the gate storming? What you want to do is kill all hope for Western Carolina. You want to make them say, oh, we're not ready for this. We're not ready for this. You know, you don't want to have them, you don't want to come out and go three and out, make a mistake punting and give them good field position and let them get on the board first and give them some confidence. That's the last thing you want to do. And I pointed to, you know, Missouri State last year where. You know, they were winning against Arkansas with nine minutes left to go in the game. It, and it took a punt return by Bryce Stevens to put Arkansas out ahead. They, now, I think, I think the thing to watch for them on defense, they've got good linebackers, but their pass rush on defense, they had 32 sacks last season, which was 11th among 130 teams in FCS. They also returned 64.1% of those sacks. Again, this is from Andrew Ellis putting this together. Multi-year starters at defensive tackle and Marlon Alexander, Jaquarius Gwynn, guys that were in our database. Alexander has seven-and-a-half tackles for loss across two seasons. He transferred from Gardner-Webb. Gwynn has amassed 56 tackles, four-and-a-half for loss, and posted two-and-a-half of his career sacks last season. Chris Morgan is another guy uh, at the nose. So they've got some pretty big defensive tackles. They've got some good ends. that is probably the biggest matchup to watch. I would expect Arkansas to really outmatch them wide receiver and in the secondary. I think Arkansas can put up some big points there. And, obviously, you would expect them you know, to get some rushing yards. Now, I want to say this because – in the past, when Arkansas has faced some teams that are outmatched a little bit, a lot of times on defense, they will just sell out against something and you know, kind of call that a victory. A lot of times, it's the run game. Like you see a lot of run blitzing from teams. Now, I can remember back in 2010 uh, with Ryan Mallett at quarterback, and Arkansas was playing Louisiana Monroe. Now, Arkansas beat them 31-7. But the Warhawks were just coming at them the whole time, not going to let you run the ball. Arkansas finished with 31 carries for 99 yards. That's 3.2 yards per carry. The next year, I really remember this one because I remember Petrino after the game. Uh, Arkansas uh, faced Missouri State, and they took a similar approach. They just run blitzed Arkansas. Arkansas was limited to 33 carries for 102 yards, 3.1-yard average. Now, Brandon Mitchell and Tyler Wilson combined for 379 yards passing in a 51-7 victory. But I remember Bobby Petrino after the game going, he should have just thrown the ball every time. But he just ran the ball basically out of stubbornness because they were run blitzing the whole time. So it wouldn't surprise to see something like that where they just try to totally take away something that Arkansas is doing. And probably their best bet at it is, you know, with the strength of their defense, probably coming at Arkansas, trying to run blitz them and, you know, saying, hey, if you're going to beat us over the top, you're going to beat us over the top. But we're going to take this away from you. I could see something like that playing out. All right, I want to go to Curtis Wilkerson now. For those of you who don't follow Curtis, Curtis does a lot for us. He covers Razorback basketball, covers football. I mean, recruiting transfer portal does a great job for us. And we haven't had Curtis on the show in a little bit, but we're going to talk just a little bit of basketball because there is some basketball news, and we're going to talk a little bit about um, right. those things that we outlined. Hey, Curtis, how you doing, man?
1: I'm doing great. How are you?
0: I'm doing really good. Hey, I wanted to uh, mention uh, real quick that the uh, before we get into any football talk that the uh, non-conference schedule has been released. What do, you think about, what do you think about the way it shapes up? Obviously, they haven't announced the specific dates yet for – the conference games. We know who they're playing, who they're playing home and away, who they're playing single games, but they haven't, we're, we're getting those dates soon, but we know the dates now for these non-conference games.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I think it's a really good slate. You know, I, I thought they beefed up the schedule a little bit last year, and I, I think they've done it again this year. Uh, you know, uh, looks like probably the first couple weeks of the season there, the first four games maybe, you know, you've got Alcorn State, Gardner-Webb, Old Dominion, UNC Greensboro. Uh, you can figure some things out, work out some kinks, maybe have some tune-ups there, and, and they're going to need that because it's going to get real after that. You know, I, I think Arkansas has a really – really challenging six game stretch, uh, it starts with the battle for Atlantis, you know, those, those tournaments like that over, over feast week, over the Thanksgiving holiday, those are all, you know, those are awesome. They're marquee events, uh, a lot of eyes on you, you know, Arkansas opens with Stanford. Uh, that's going to be a good game. You get, you know, either Michigan or Memphis and that, and then you got the opportunity to, to face, Uh, a number of options. You know, it could be Northern Iowa, but it could also be North Carolina or or Texas Tech or Villanova. So you're going to get some really, really good games there. In the Bahamas, then you travel back and you've got that huge game against Duke and Bud Walton Arena uh, on, on the 29th. And and so, you know, you could have a situation where Arkansas, theoretically, they could play North Carolina and Duke in back-to-back games. That's awesome. I mean, you'll mm-hmm. take that for non-conference all the time. But uh, it, it doesn't get easier after that. You know, you see Furman on December 4th, and on the surface, you think, oh, okay, well, Furman, big deal, right? But, hey, is mean, a team that won their league They made the NCAA tournament last year. They upset Virginia in the first round. They got a lot of guys coming back, and and it's in a weird spot in the schedule where you've kind of got that game sandwiched between, you know, it's going to be a crazy atmosphere, an emotional game at home against Duke, and then the following weekend you've got that neutral site game. It's always a big one against Oklahoma and Tulsa, so that Furman game is kind of a trap that you have to keep an eye on. So I think it's an awesome schedule. I I think they did a really good job, and and nobody's going to be able to, to accuse Eric Mussel on the schedule and buy it this year, that's for sure.
0: Curtis Wilkerson joining us again. You can follow Curtis at Kurt Wilkerson underscore. He's the Hog Sports senior analyst covering just about everything. Uh, does a great job for us over at Hog Sports. Curtis, I want to take you over now to uh, the burn the five burning question keys to victory. Obviously, we would expect Arkansas to win. We kind of do the same keys to victory every week. Everybody always comes up with keys to victory, but it's always it comes down to penalties, turnovers, special teams. And injuries, those are always keys. And you always add a fifth one. This time you put pedal to the metal. Tell us what you mean by that.
1: Yeah, for sure. Well, you know, we've heard a lot from the the players and, and Sam Pittman throughout the course of camp and especially this week about how they just want to get off to – to better starts, faster starts. And, and I do think that's important in a game like this. You know, it, I, I think, like you said, Arkansas should be able to handle their business in this game, and, and I expect that they will. But uh, probably the last thing that you want is to get into the second half of this one, and uh, it's a little too close for comfort. And, it, and some of those thoughts start creeping back in. You're thinking, man, here we go again. Mm-hmm. You think back to Rice a couple of years ago. Uh, you know, Missouri State, they were down 10 in that game in the fourth quarter before they rallied back, and, and obviously the, the Liberty one didn't go too well for them. So there has been kind of a precedent set there for some of these lower-level teams that Arkansas has played. I think Sam Pittman called them maybe the non-logo schools. He wants those guys to play their best every game, regardless of who the opponent is, and, and that's obviously something that you strive for. And getting off to a fast start and kind of keeping that pedal down until you get under control is, is probably ideal in a game like this. Uh, The longer you go and the closer it is, the more pressure you get if if you're the Razorbacks. So, you know, I think getting out to a a fast start and getting things under control would be ideal in a game like this for sure.
0: Obviously we're watching a lot with what's going on with Arkansas's defense after they were so bad last year. And I can remember going back to like with Dan Enos, I can't remember was it game two or three where they played Toledo and just could not get the ball in the end zone. They put up a lot of points but couldn't get the ball in the end zone. That was one of your burning questions. How will Arkansas look in the debut of new coordinators?
1: Yeah, for sure. You know, I, I think that's one of the most intriguing things about this. And it, it's interesting because, you know, you, you think about, okay, it's, you know, it's an opener. you got an FCS school coming in. You know, how, how exciting can this be? How much intrigue can there be? Uh, but I think there's a lot for Arkansas, on, you know, on both sides of the ball there with new coordinators. It's going to be a, a much different look uh, from Kendall Bryles to Dan Enos now. Um, and, you know, it's at, at the risk of using vanilla by design as a phrase here, uh, there might be some of that, right? I mean, I don't think they're going to show all their cards against Western Carolina this opener, but how efficient are things? You know, how comfortable does K.J. Jefferson look, uh, you know, commanding the offense there? Are they going to have some, you know, some busted plays and, and things of that nature? Is it going to look like a kind of a well-oiled machine? I, I'm anxious to see what it looks like, what the ratio is going to be with run pass. There's a lot of things I think you can glean from that. And then defensively, yeah, I mean, it was it was a mess there at times last year. That they certainly look better. You think they're going to look better. Uh, but what's it going to look like under Travis Williams? He's kind of got that reputation of being aggressive. Um, how aggressive is he going to be? What are we going to see? Are these guys going to have some swagger? Are they going to be flying around to the ball? I, I think they will, but I'm looking forward to finding out.
0: Another, I think, interesting point you made on, on Arkansas' offensive tackles because the three interior guys – you know, including Joshua Braun at Florida, have starting experience. I don't think we're going to see Brady Latham. We may, but just the way Sam Pittman kind of talked about him kind of makes me think, well, we might not see Brady Latham. Uh but the two tackles don't have any starting experience. And it's either gonna be it's gonna be Patrick Kudus on one side, probably gonna be Andrew Chambly starting. Uh I think Devon Manuel is your long-term answer there, but he's had a couple of injuries here and there. We're gonna see both of those guys. That's a big question with this. And I you know, I think the defensive line for Western Carolina could also give Arkansas some good looks, also.
1: Yeah, for sure. I I think it's it's gonna be really interesting to to keep an eye on that especially in these early games, you know, talking to Sam Pittman yesterday in in his press conference, and he was kind of throwing out the, the idea that, Hey, you know, we might be playing seven or eight guys here for a while until we find some separation and, and find that, you know, that first group of five, like you said, it sounds like he's pretty confident that they have, you know, maybe three guys with separation right now, but, They've got to figure some things out there still, and and like you said, you know, it's, these guys don't have starting experience. They don't have a lot of reps under their belt at, at those tackle spots, but that doesn't mean they're not immensely talented. And so, the more experience they gain, the more reps they get. You know, the better off they're going to be. How are they going to fare? It's just going to be really interesting to see. We've heard so much about Arkansas's defensive line. Uh, throughout the course of camp man they look like they're going to be a, a really tough group uh, and they've been giving those guys some problems off the edge and you know you wonder about you know is it because the defensive line is that good or are these guys going to struggle a little mm-hmm. bit out of the gates until they get their feet underneath them and you know you never really know until the live bullets start flying and it's, it, it's week one so we're going to start to find out and, and learn a lot more about these guys yeah i
0: can't wait i can't wait to start figuring that kind of stuff out i also tell you the thing that intrigues me most on the offensive side of the ball is your third point here like who's Arkansas going to in the passing game like who it's third and ten they gotta have it who are they getting the ball to here there's so many new faces there what What are your thoughts on the passing game? I think it could be a different guy leading them in touchdowns different guy leading them in yardage a different guy leading them in catches this year
1: I agree 100%. I, I, I kind of like that freshman tight end, right? Oh, yeah. Get the, ball to, get the ball to Luke, man. So uh, I, I'm excited about him and, and what he brings to the table. Uh, and those wide receivers, yeah, I mean, it's, it's just so uh, – it's just a different world. I mean, they bring back only 14 receptions from last year's team, and, and so it's going to be new guys that emerge here. We've heard so much about, you know, Tesla and, and Armstrong – those guys have certainly looked apart, man. But I'm excited about Isaiah Satania. You know, he's just so fast and explosive. Yeah. Uh, they've just got a number of options there. And then you keep hearing Sam Pittman talking about some of these other guys. Jaden Wilson, he's been so impressed with the strides that he's made. You know, Tyrone Broden to me is such an interesting target, especially if you start thinking about getting down in the red zone and maybe throwing it up to a 6 7 guy and letting him go get it. So there's so many options there. You're right. I, I do think it could be a situation where you have. Uh, you know one guy's kind of the go-to when you need some yardage maybe something a little bit different uh when you're looking into the red zone and and you know going up and getting those balls so uh, you think you're going to have a lot of different guys contribute and it sounds like they're they're pretty happy with their depth there so man i i don't know but it's going to be it's going to be fun to watch because you got such a good situation at quarterback with kj jefferson he's got a lot of new toys to work with so who's he going to lean on
0: Curtis Wilkerson joining us again. You can follow him at Kurt Wilkerson underscore Curtis. You're almost at 10,000 Twitter follows. I don't know if you are X follows. I guess we're calling it X now. Um, x follows <laughs> yeah, yeah almost ten thousand x followers. so if you haven't followed curtis uh then go to twitter and or x and, and follow him at at kurt wilkerson underscore you can also read his content at Sports. a lot of it is vip so you do need a vip subscription especially the basketball stuff Curtis, i'm going to skip over your uh defensive line number four because we did talk about that a little bit i want to get you to number five well the secondary set the set the tone for the improved season this has a chance to be the most improved area on the team, really?
1: Yeah, I, I really think so. And, you know, it's 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 kind of, you know, again, it's intriguing to look at. You, you think Western Carolina, okay, an FCS school, what are we really going to learn from this? Hey, th- those guys can sling it. They they really did last year. I uh, mean, you know, I think they were, what, sixth or seventh in the FCS in, in passing offense. They set a school record in touchdown passes. So they've got some potential there to cause some problems. And, you know, hey, the the last FCS school that Arkansas faced, Missouri State, uh, they threw for over 300 on them. And, and so, again, it's one of those situations where it's like, okay, there's nowhere to go but but up with the secondary. But I agree with you. I, I think they're going to be improved uh, significantly. And I'm just really anxious to see, you know, how some of these guys really emerge. I mean, Jaheim Singletary, uh, man, I mean, what an incredible talent, right? You, mm-hmm. Not too often you get these five-star type of guys. You got him, you know, opposite of Dwight McLaughlin over there. So what are they going to bring to the table at corner? I think – you know, it's going to be exciting to watch. I really like those Baylor transfers and, and Al Walcott and uh, and Snacks Johnson. I think those are big additions. Uh, and then, you know, that other safety spot, who's going to run out there first? I mean, Jaden Johnson and Hudson Clark, two guys that we know a lot about. Uh, probably both are going to see a, a fair amount of snaps there, but that's, uh, you know, the position battle between a couple guys who've been around for a while. Uh, so, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm excited about the secondary and the improvements that they've made. And again, uh, you just never really know until the live bullets start flying so we'll see you know if they can kind of set the tone there if we're going to see some of those struggles that made us cringe a little bit last year
0: yeah well i think it's three of five starters in the secondary are new and then both coaches in the secondary are also new so they totally revamped it as i've said before if they stink in the secondary then it's it's going to be their own standalone issue not not much because of last year curtis uh before we get you out is there anything else we should know about basketball any recruiting stuff happening uh, anything on the horizon there?
1: Yeah, well, it's uh, you mentioned a little bit earlier. I think we're going to get that SEC schedule, uh, you know, officially released. Sounds like that's going to come within a week. So I would say stay on the on the lookout for that from a recruiting standpoint. Obviously, not much going on this weekend because they're going to be in Little Rock. But mm-hmm. the visits are really going to start piling up after that. The, the Kent State game the next weekend. They've got a couple of prospects coming in. Uh, twenty twenty four four star Jason she- uh, Jalen Shelley is going to be in. Uh, he visited for that Missouri State game last year. His brother was the quarterback for Missouri State, if you guys remember that. But he's coming back for a second visit, so you always keep your eye on that. And then a 2025 borderline five-star guy, Malachi Moreno, is going to be in town for that as well That BYU week- Weekend. Is shaping up to be a really big one for visits. So they're starting to turn those guys in there for sure. And, uh, you know, recruiting is never dull under Eric Musselman.
0: All right, Curtis. Appreciate you filling us in, man.
1: You got it. Sounds great.
0: All right, everybody. That's Kurt Wilkerson again. Follow him at Kurt Wilkerson underscore on Twitter. Almost to 10,000 follows. I don't know how he's not at 10,000 yet, uh, but he's almost there. All right. One more time, real quick. Ozarks Go, if you haven't checked them out, go to their website. You can reach them at ozarksgo.net slash hog, H A W G. You can call them at 479 684 4900. Great internet service, really fast speed great reliability. I think that's the most important thing that you don't ever have anybody coming by and saying, Hey, you know, dad, why is my internet not working? You know, and you know, you just getting arguments. I don't know. I don't know why it's not working. Unplug it and plug it back in. You know, all the things that you've had to deal with in the past with your internet service. I've had several different companies over the years and Ozarks Go is the one that's worked the best for me. Very pleased with them. I'm using multi gig. They also offer gigabit, which is fantastic. Lightning speed. Great for most people, and they have other tiers as well. So go check those people out at ozarksgo.net slash hog. Local company. You're going to talk to somebody local if you want to call them at 479-684-4900. One more time, Hog Sports is also 50% off. HAWGSports.com. Breaks down to just $103 a week, four forty eight dollars a month, and billed at $53.70. Come check us out at the number one independent source for Arkansas sports and recruiting. Get insider access. Uh, that you can't get anywhere else. Unmatched at Hogsports, H-A-W-G-Sports.com. We're going to questions. Is that where we want to go? I think we've covered just about everything. Might as well let you guys drive the rest of the show here. I think I've covered how to watch, how to sign up, everything you need to know about the game Saturday. Again, it's moved to 12. For those of you who hadn't caught on to that, they did move the game from 3 o'clock to noon. I think it's going to impact I think it's going to impact the attendance I could see less than 40 just because of the early start taking away the tailgating uh, things like that Timothy David long says I can't wait gonna be a great season can't wait for the walk and talks yeah we'll be doing the walking talks be be sure to check out uh, the walk and talk now you guys have to remember because I start getting flooded immediately when the game's over where's the walking talk um, I've got press conferences after. We've got a, you know, we got articles to write. We've got, you know, other things to get out. I do. I have moved the walk and talk up early, and you know, I stopped worrying about, you know, writing a bunch of art. And we have a great team of guys that, uh, you know, cover the game and everything. Uh, but I do. I have moved the walk and talk up just because everybody demands it, which is insane to me. But I appreciate it. Adam Hall says, "Has Pittman mentioned anything about closing games where they get a lead?" One area I'd love to see fixed. Yeah, they like the old miss game stands out last year where they just did not finish very well. You gotta start strong and finish strong. And Arkansas for the most part has not started very strong and a lot of times they haven't finished strong. That's a good point. I have not heard him mention like, you know, we we gotta wrap the thing up, but I know he knows that. Brian Malone says, Who's the player of the game on Saturday, the player that really shows out? I'm gonna go with Isaiah Satania. I think that I think they're gonna throw, you know, a good number of screen passes to him. I could see him breaking something off and, and you know, getting some big, big, big runs after that. You know, if not him, maybe, um, you know, KJ obviously would be an obvious choice, Rocket Sanders. Uh, but I, I'm going to maybe go outside the box. I'll go Isaiah Satania. Clint Stacy Patterson says, I hope we can just line up and run over some opponents this year. Hopefully we can start that Saturday. Didn't seem like we could do that last year. They did it last year. They just didn't do it in short yardage. They really struggled when it came down to goal line, short yardage in the red zone, and you got to have it. They just could not get it done last year. They couldn't get the push. So they did rack up rushing yards. The year before that, they obviously led FBS in rushing. Nick Haley says, who has a better day, offense or defensive? Offense or defense. Hmm. I think – I think – Hmm. I think the offense, I think the offense will put up some pretty good numbers. Let's see. I hate how Facebook hops around like this. I lose my spot. Jake Belk said, you know what, you guys want to watch some? This is practice footage. I believe this is from Monday. Nope, that's not it. But sign up. Where did I put it? There we go. Put up practice footage while we're have the volume turned off. Okay. Let's see if Stephen Crook says the offensive line doesn't gel before conference play. Should Sam take a more hands-on approach? Would he do that, or would he be too concerned with undermining Kennedy? I mean, Pittman is involved with the offensive line just because that's his specialty, but I don't I don't think it's going to be an issue with this line, but. You know, if you have problems with any position group, then you are going to want to reevaluate things. I don't think there's any questions with that. But uh, I think it's a little early to, you know, to say that. Maybe if that happens, then, you know, we talk about what maybe they would need to do to change things up. Zachary Camp says, Hey, Trey, I never get to catch a show because I'm at work. I listen on Spotify. Absolutely love the show. Appreciate that, Zachary. How many games do you think the coaching staff will shuffle around stars on the O-line and secondary? So I think – you're probably looking at this game having some sh- – now, barring injuries, I think you'll see some things different in this game. You know, Andrew Chamblee, I'm almost certain, is going to get the start at left tackle. But eventually as we move forward, I think Devon Manuel will be the left tackle. And I think Chambly is a future starter, and he's done some good things for him for, while Manuel's out. I just think Manuel is more ready to go for big-time college football. Chamblee's on the right trajectory to get there. Jonathan Parker says should be over by halftime. Let the starters start the second half, play one series and pull them. I agree you always come out with the starters in the second half, even a blowout, just to get the mindset right and kind of a rehearsal sense of, hey, this is how we want to come out of halftime. Go put, you know, put it in the end zone and then take them out. That would be ideal, but I mean, let's not get too far ahead of ourselves and thinking that Arkansas is just going to wipe the floor with these guys because we've seen too many times where they didn't do that. Now, I think with it being an opener, I think they'll have the right mentality. The energy, the excitement level will be there, versus, you know, if you face this team in the middle of the season, you know, between SEC games, I can understand why you might not be able to get up like you should for a game like this. This game, I don't think there's really uh, any excuse at all. Maybe, you know, the trip to Little Rock, I don't like them bussing back and forth. I don't, I don't, I'm not a big fan of that. Okay, not setting any records, says Todd Powell. Not setting any record predictions, but just hope we have a great healthy season and, and everyone plays their potential and well and do great things this year. We'll pick so either way. Samuel Carlton says, Take Trey, first time, long time. Wanted to get a good understanding of what you've seen in practice in terms of linebacker. We know Pooh will produce. I don't know that linebacker has the same top-end talent that they've had uh, with Drew Sanders You know, bumper pull when he was healthy. Bumper pull first six games were really where he did most of his damage, and then, you know, kind of battled injuries the second half of the season. His last game was Ole Miss. Only had two tackles in that game, but I I think they have four or five linebackers they can win with. You know, Antonio Greer's back out there. You know, Crook is undersized, but you know he's a headhunter. He's you know pretty aggressive, smart player. Um, You know, obviously Christopher Paul, I think, is. You know, potentially their best linebacker. Really intrigued with Jaheim Thomas at 6'4", 240. Guy that has a lot of experience coming from Cincinnati. I mentioned Greer. Uh, Brad Spence is a guy that they're really high on as well. Those are probably your top linebackers right now. I'd like to see Manny Powell get in that mix, but right now that kind of feels like you know where they are. So I don't think – I don't think linebacker I think linebackers gonna be have better depth. Here's what here's kind of what I've thought about, okay? So you've got Drew Sanders who Drew Sanders got kind of banged up middle of the season, you know, slipped a little bit middle of the season, bumper pulls, you know, at the end of the season. And then you really just had Christopher Paul as the other guy, and he started got getting to a point where he rotated about as much as those guys in and out, had four and a half sacks last year also. But they had those three linebackers. Crook played the bowl game, you know, Paul and Crook in the bowl game, uh, and saw some action, but To me, I think they have better depth than they had last year. I just don't know that they have the top end. I don't know if there's a third-round NFL draft pick on this team. So that's kind of where I am with linebacker. I think that they have the potential to get through some tough stretches where a guy gets banged up and stuff, whereas last year they didn't really have that, if that makes sense. Cody L. James says, is Broden not in the 6 deep. Yeah, I feel Broden's in the 6 I think hes probably your I think he's probably your – I think he's probably your – fourth wide receiver right now. Cody Lewis says, who has impressed the most in fall camp? Also on the other side, who has been maybe a little disappointing? Most impressive. I love the looks of the wide receivers. I met, you know, Andrew Armstrong, we haven't talked about him a lot, but I could very well see Andrew Armstrong, you know, potentially being like a breakout guy for him at wide receiver. I just think there's a lot of candidates, you know. Uh, as far as disappointing, who's been disappointing? I don't know if I would say, like, I've just been disappointed. Like, I feel like with the transfer additions, like all of them are fitting in where you'd hope they fit in. You know, all 17 that remain are still, you know, they're in the two deep at least. A lot of them are starting. Most disappointing? I don't know that I would say I'm just, like, disappointed with anybody at this point. It's a good question. I might have to think about that a little bit. Curtis is alive. Good to see him on the show, Trey. I was starting to worry about him. Yeah, Curtis is going to be with us for another, what, few months. December, I think, is his last month. I don't know if it's somewhere in the middle of December or what he's got planned exactly. But, you know, Curtis is moving on. pretty soon but we've certainly loved having him for the past three plus years he has done a great job for us i'm hoping i'm hoping he'll stick around in some capacity we'll see john smith says after listening to Kerwin bell finding out about some of his offensive player and beginning to believe that western carolina can give us a game at least on offense am i crazy um it should be crazy. I could see them doing some stuff early here and there, you know, but I think during the long stretch of things, when you start talking about depth and the size of Arkansas wearing them down, you know, I think you'll see some separation if it comes to that. You could also see Arkansas jump out on them early. But they they have some explosive players. Like, you can't just roll out there and expect just to take the W. That's not going to happen, you know, because they have some guys, like I mentioned, the running back is a four three one. 3 one You take a bad step and he's gone, you know. So, just because just because they're an FCS team and they're smaller at skill spots don't mean that you can just walk out there and win. You've got to come and bring your game. And that's what you should do in the first game. You should you should have a right mentality, uh, you know, to go out and we want to just stomp these guys and play with focus and discipline and do things the right way. We haven't even talked about penalties that much. You know, Curtis had is in his keys to victory, but, you know, there have been years where Arkansas – Has come out, um, you know, in 2021, they had 13 penalties in the first game, the game before they played Texas. That's too many penalties. You know, even for this opponent, you don't want to see that. You want to see them come out, play crisp, keep the penalties down, you know, feel a good start to the season, a good clean start to the season. Take care of business. Let's see what else we got. You're welcome, out-of-state fans. What do you think the record would be? I've said eight and four. Evan, Ever Garcia coming from Honduras. I've said eight and four, but I, I, I think they can win more than that. I think individually you look at every game, I think they got a shot in every game. Obviously going on the road at Alabama and LSU are both tough, but I think they got a shot in every game. I think this is the best Arkansas team to this point that will go to Gainesville, Florida, and I think it's the worst team that Florida has had that's going to face Arkansas and Gainesville to this point. That's my opinion, so I think they got a good – a good um, Shot there. Jake Alexander had about Antonio Greer not being in the too deep. He had not practiced for a while, but he will play on Saturday. He's been out there all week. Hogs don't cover, says Jeff Clark, but win by 24. Marco Giles says, Trey, have any of the other 24 7 sports team riders tried to mimic your Walk and Talk series? It's definitely a fan favorite. Um, I know that Fitz over at the Kansas State site does something like that like he's you know obviously adopted it from me but he uh he does more I think you know kind of a lot of them like post you know post press conference and all that kind of stuff I usually just do it after the game but um I don't think I'm the first person to walk around with a camera in my face but uh yeah I think he's the only one that I know of that does it Dustin Hoopman says, can Armstrong go over 100 receiving yards this Saturday? Somebody will. Jonathan Parker says, they're a freshman that has a breakout game. Uh, Lucas. Brad Hodges says, what will be the game of the year for us? I mean, Texas A&M is a big one. LSU is a big one. Ole Miss is a big one. There's a lot. I mean, it's hard to say what's going to be the game of the year, but you'd like to kick things off well against Texas A&M, you know, in Arlington just because of the way that series has gone. Obviously, your first game is Baton Rouge. I mean, you go to Baton Rouge and win that game, that would be that would be an eye-opener, you know. You would be – you know, you take care of those first three games. BYU's not just – you can't just, like, overlook them, but you take care of those first three games and you do something like go to Baton Rouge and win. You may be top 25 after those first three weeks also. You may be top 25 because they're getting votes already. So that could be a top 25 matchup in Baton Rouge, potentially, if Baton Rouge takes care of business also. Rodney Winkler says bad play calling last year on third down. Yeah, that was some of it. Some of it was just the offensive line was supposed to be a strength. of The team could not get a push. But, yeah, they they made some play calls that you would like to have back on third down, no question. What's everybody's worst third down play? You know the play I hate the most, corner fade. Like you're at the goal line third down corner fade in the end zone. Man, I hate it. And coaches do it all the time and it very rarely works. Drives me crazy. Like a third and a foot corner fade. Austin Finch says KJ is going to break. Oh, you jumped. Where'd you go? KJ is going to break the total touchdown record for the Auburn game. He'll break a lot of records. A lot of a lot of career passing records. John Smith says, oh, no, Curtis is leaving terrible. <laughs> yeah, I know. He's done an outstanding job. Um, trust me, I tried to talk him into staying. But uh, we we actually thought Curtis was going to move on at the end of June and just had a change of plans with some things and lucky to have him for, you know, several more months. So, I mean, I don't want to speak for everything with Curtis, but uh, they're moving to the East Coast. His wife is from there. They're just – Kind of always wanted to start things out there, you know, start a family, just recently married. Let's see. Trey, are you going down to Little Rock to watch it on the tube? Are you going to watch it? I'll be in Little Rock. Trey, are we going to win the Natty this year? Just (laughs) get that in your head. No, Arkansas is not going to win the national championship this year. It would be nice this year if they had the 12 team playoff because I'm not saying that they're going to be ranked in the top 12, but you know I could if the things go their way. I feel like this is I feel like this team is going to have a better shot than next team to make it to a 12 team playoff, and next year is when they have the 12 team playoff. So that's kind of unfortunate, potentially unfortunate. I will say it's potentially unfortunate, but again, you know with the transfer portal and NIL and everything, you can rebuild a team like that. You know. Barbie Hendricks DeMoss says these Little Rock fans want games. We'll show up. I am in my 60s and stay for the entire game despite some hot and early September games with Big Suey. Rodney Winkler says negative media, negative fans, go Hawks. <laughs> Marco Giles says if they beat LSU and go at least 2-4 and four for the stretch and finish 10-2. and two. Matt Matchett says, I love KJ, but has he improved like they say he was going to improve in the offseason? We'll see. You know, we haven't had a chance to watch them other than a little bit of thudding up type stuff. Um, We haven't seen, like, full live tackle. And KJ has never been live tackle. You know, it's – to me, quarterbacks in scrimmages should always complete, like, 10 percentage points higher. You know, I know they throw the ball a lot and defense pins their ears back because so much of scrimmage is based on the pass game versus the run. But – the quarterback knows he's not going to get smacked in the face, and to me, your you know, your stuff is a little, you know, it should be your clip should be a little bit higher in those games. All right, everybody, I want to thank everybody for joining me. Um, thank Curtis Wilkerson for hopping on with us, give us insight on basketball and what he's seen. Also, Curtis has been out there for all the practices as well, and uh, I want to remind you one more time: Hog Sports is fifty percent off. This deal runs through September fifth, so sign up. It breaks down to fifty 53- three dollars and 70 cents for the entire year it's a great deal 448 a month 103 a week for the number one independent source on Razorback sports and recruiting next time I see you guys I'll be walking around with a camera in my face people be going what's that dude doing just the walk and talk all right everybody thanks for joining me this has been your Arkansas versus Western Carolina primer and we'll catch you next time